0: My name is Craig Kokio, and welcome to the Pharmacy Near Me podcast. On this show, what I want to do is a little bit different. I'm not going to be so much talking about the clinical stuff related to pharmacy practice, but more about the people and the habits and the things that they do that make them great. Hopefully, what we can do is by doing so and learning about each other, we can pick up on things and improve our own daily practice and our own daily lives. My first guest on the very first episode is Ruben Santiago. He's been a friend and a colleague for a long time, and he's an ER pharmacist down in South Florida. I'm really excited to have him on this episode, and we had a great conversation. If you want more information about Ruben, please look at the link down below where you can find all of his information about his uh, past, his current professional life, and also uh, some good information from his CV and a professional bio. So without further ado, here's the conversation I had with Ruben. Ruben, I haven't talked to you for a little while. What's I don't up? even get to see each other face to face this year, either. How you been yeah. doing? I've been good, man. How about yourself? Good. I mean, Texas is doing all right. We, uh, right. We—I don't know. It's been weird lately, but right. we live in a isolated area in Texas, so. Oh, that's I don't know nice. how much you want to believe about the news, but
1: uh, right, we don't have a coronavirus problem here. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. I, How's I am been? It's crazy. Uh, we, we do have a coronavirus <laughs> problem down here, but uh, our numbers are getting better. So that's great. We're almost at our peak around 500 inpatient, inpatients across the medical system with it. And, uh, and our, all of our ICUs were full. People were in the ER for like 24, 48 hours boarding. So we're getting way better at that. So we're getting patients actually admitted now and our numbers are back down to like a hundred one low one thirties around there. So we're getting better slowly, but surely. That's crazy. Like yeah. how, how strange does it feel
0: now that a mask feels totally normal at work? Like there was a time where it didn't feel normal. It's just so right. new and strange, but now it just, it feels like
1: it's just part of the uniform you put on your scrubs and your mask and that's just how it is. <laughs> No, yeah, it's insane because I remember last year during the flu season, they were saying our flu season was so bad that all of us were wearing the yellow, just the surgical mask in the ER for patients that are healthcare professionals at higher risk in patient care areas. So we're already used to wearing masks and it's like, okay, now you have to wear your N95. And now like the normal thing is when I go out into the ER, I have my N95, a surgical mask over that and like a face shield and then the appropriate PPE, if there's like a code or anything or a trauma that comes in that we have to get ready for. So it, it's just insane. And of course, wearing masks, we still wear masks everywhere that we go, like any restaurant that we go to. We, my family and I, we just try to eat outside and open air spaces, that kind of thing. And it's, it's still weird, like stuff around us is still closed. Like the parks are all closed and boarded up and stuff like that. So trying to find like places where the kids can run around and play is still kind of difficult to find, but- wow. It, it's getting better, slowly but surely. Well, I mean, it's good to hear that it's getting better.
0: I mean, just like the practice differences in terms of PPE. So, like, in the department for me, like, I'm just wearing a regular old surgical mask. And some right. of the other providers in the ER, like, they might not even be wearing a mask at a certain time just because they're kind of over it. Uh, right. I can't tell you. I don't know if you've been in a situation like this where there may have been, you know, a pretty bad resuscitation that was going on pre-hospital that gets brought in. You're, I was leaning over a patient like, like you know, this far from their face, just right. know, trying to get drip set up and whatnot. And then a day later, they're like, "Oh yeah, they, they, they got positive." Yeah, <laughs> like, "Oh great, that's awesome." Thanks, yeah. No, like, I, I remember it's one I, thing to try to treat everyone like they're positive, but
1: sometimes, I mean, you got to get the job done, right? No, absolutely. I so I remember when when it first started. We had this recess come in, and they got ROS uh, pre-hospital. And the patient intubated, and they come in. We're transferring the patient. They're like, "All right, Ruben, start bagging them." We're waiting for respiratory, and I'm like trying to bag like you know this this maneuver over here, but it's just so you got to do what you got to do when you're there,
0: and you're yeah, there. So, bed, so actually that's that actually brings up something really interesting. So like I've been I don't know about teaching or at least making. You know, trainees and residents aware, like pharmacy trainees and residents aware in the right. department that uh, you got to know not every job in the department, but you got to be able to step up just because not every situation is going to need drugs. So, like you were saying, right. like bagging, or I just learned how to set up someone on the cardiac monitor. The
1: right, uh, right, right.
0: The smoke over them. water, and then cloudy skies over grass. That's I, awesome. I learned <laughs> right. Like yeah, those, those, I mean, those skills make you such. Uh, you know, a, a bitter, bigger part of the team. Like, so no, like, what I've, are you doing with your residents in, in the department with, with with that kind of thing that's not drug-related at all? Right,
1: a big thing is um, a lot of everything at our hospital is kind of put away in omni-cells. So showing them where, okay, this is where um, you get the IO if we need an IO. This is where you get your IV line set up if the nurse needs to set up an IV line they're at the bedside. And this is where your IV tubing is and that kind of thing, where your IV pumps are, where your blankets are, all those kinds of things, where it's not necessarily med room or pharmacy related, but something that it's integral and it might seem so small, but if you know it, that's a huge part of the team. Yeah, man, being part of the team, that's what it is in the ER, right? Yeah, no, for sure. So, so
0: I know, kind of, I guess, taking a bunch of steps back, like, yeah, you, you trained at Ohio State, or is it the Ohio State?
1: The Ohio State.
0: <laughs> I, always a- a. Yeah. I always get it confused with a Ohio State University. <laughs> I'm
1: glad they clarified. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There they, they, they are so many of them. I <laughs> had to make sure it was the Ohio State. Right. So you, you've, you've practiced there
0: and in, in South Florida. So, and, and have you practiced anywhere else between
1: that? Yeah, so I, I went from Ohio State to Boston Medical Center. So I was there at Boston for about, at BMC for about two years. And I was there evening ER pharmacist. And then I would also rotate through their ICUs in the morning. And then once in a while they would stick me in central, I think as a practical joke for the most part. And, uh, and all the specialists would just kind of laugh at me and say, oh, Ruben's got his big boy pants on today. <laughs> But it was it was definitely a, an interesting experience and a lot of fun. It was a great experience coming out of residency. So I wasn't really like the ER, I wasn't the ER specialist or anything. I was just there in the evening time and I worked closely with the specialists and we worked on certain projects together and, and that kind of thing.
0: And then you've been in, in South Florida for
1: how long now? Oh man, almost about five, five and a half, close to six years now. Wow. Yeah, yeah so like, In terms of like your own
0: evolution as an ER pharmacist, like what do you think is the biggest difference between Ruben when he just first started at BMC to Ruben now?
1: Oh, I think the the biggest thing is just the mind state. Like uh, when I first started, I was like always so anxious that I wouldn't know something right away or I didn't know what something was or that kind of thing. And and I would just look uh, inept in front of the whole team or something like that, and now it's just like, okay, I, I know what to expect in certain situations, so I know exactly where I'm gonna go and what to anticipate in a lot of situations now. So I'm a lot more calmer, I can just take a deep breath and do my job versus thinking about all the other stuff that kind of takes you away from doing your job. So
0: like, you mentioned something that I can relate to a lot, so kind of taking taking your time in a situation, but you're really not panicking anymore, kind of getting up with, you know, whatever comes in the department. So how do you, and I don't know if you've thought of this, but like, how do you think about making it at least, I guess for trainees that are looking at you and you're, you're really not making a big deal out of anything. How do you make sure to make sure that they understand that I'm not panicking, You shouldn't be panicking but there's a big gap in in terms of experience to knowing when when something like that
1: needs you know more urgent attention i guess you could say right i think uh one of the things i try to teach the my trainees when they come in uh residents as well as students is like you as the pharmacist you have this opportunity to kind of take a step back and look at your whole room and what's going on right right the nurse is focusing on getting access um, setting up the ivy line, setting up the Belmont. The another resident is focused on, a, a focus on the fast exam, so they all kind of focus on one thing. Where we can kind of step back and see, okay, this is what's going on. This is what I can see the patient vital signs. I can see what's going on with the patient presentation. Take a deep breath, take it all in, and then come back to your room and say, okay, this is what I need to do as the pharmacist. And so, like you've you've had trainees. What do you see
0: yourself? still as like a trainee, like the biggest thing that you're still training on right now,
1: even though you've been out in practice for so long? Oh man, I I feel like I'm I'm just always learning. There's always something new, I feel, even if it's like about a, like everyone knows RSI, right? So everybody knows about RSI and, and okay, I give, you know, my induction agent first and paralytic after. So now it's like, okay, I give my induction agent, but what about pre-meds? Do we give any pre-meds? Okay, let's look at the literature for pre-meds. Does it really work? Yeah, probably not. Do we gonna have time for that kind of thing all the time? Absolutely not. And then it's like, okay, after RSI, what's our post-sedation plan? You look at all the literature of all the these unfortunate times where we don't optimally provide post-sedation. So that's another huge thing that I kind of like try to teach our residents and, and kind of embed into them. Like, start thinking about that now. Like you already have your induction and sedation, that's set. Start thinking about the other things now. How is that gonna affect the vital signs? How are we gonna do post-sedation, analgesia and sedation? What options do we have? And try to preempt your team so they know right away that, hey, this is what we need to do now and not wait on it. Let's not wait until the patient's trying to pull the tube out of their mouth before we actually start any sedation analgesia, that kind of thing. Why do you think it's, like, I I, I mean, I have the same struggles not
0: just with you know trainees and teaching them what to do, but in terms of trying to convince other people to provide the right amount of sedation and analgesia for like post-intubated patients. Like, why do you think there's, there at least appears to be such a gap between what we learn as pharmacists for that purpose and what right. our provider
1: colleagues are learning? Right, I think the biggest thing is their milestone is to, and their mission is to get that airway. So once that airway, once that two passes through the cords and they feel like they got in the airway and everything's in place, that's it. Like, it's almost like that set it and forget it. We got our airway. Let's move on. And then especially in terms of like, if they got, if the patient got like rocuronium or something like that, you know, I, I hear plenty of times like, oh, the patient doesn't need anything. Look, they're completely, they're not moving. They're calm, you know, nothing's going on. And you're like, well, no, I mean, the the is going to last a good 45 minutes, guys. Let's Let's give something now and then if you guys want to see a response at least like give something shorter acting like fentanyl or something like that it's a bolus it's going to last you about 30 to 60 minutes and then we can see after what's going on yeah so that, I mean,
0: I yeah I've, i can't i don't know i still don't i still don't get it why it's so yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. different because even up until recently maybe a, a few months ago when i wrote about that uh one paper i found with the anesthesiologists that gave each other rocuronium. And incubating each other, and then ask each other questions, and they were able to answer the questions at, like w- while paralyzed, proving that there right. was no no sedation at all. I don't right. know why that isn't the the introduction to every RSI chapter in every textbook. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. That should be it. It's like you are uh, you're paralyzing someone. It offers no sedation. Like this,
1: right. they still feel everything. They still, still can hear everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah, you're and, trying to get IO central line, whatever, putting in a Foley. Yeah, they still they still feel all that stuff, guys.
0: Like, yeah. albeit, albeit flawed and certainly not perfect, but that study I've never read anything like it. Like, it's just, right. it was almost like William Osler was doing it. Like, they were doing right. other stuff on themselves. <laughs> right. And this was done in 1890, but it was right, exactly fairly recent. And I wish I was in the IRB room when they were pitching that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they probably lost of, their mind. Like,
0: like, you want to do what yeah <laughs> no
1: <laughs> that sounds great i'll sign it
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah totally fine yeah and then also the pharmacy signing off drugs to them that probably was, i just yeah like, i can't imagine that an yeah. interesting event uh yeah i mean the 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 one thing that i'm sure you get a lot nowadays is the the i guess popularity of emergency medicine for pharmacists seems to have <laughs> kind of taken off and I'm not sure whether it's because it's so fascinating and kind of an exciting place to work or it's because that's where most of the jobs are what do you think is the reason driving the popularity with EM pharmacy now
1: I think it's it's different it's the whole setting is just different the the mindset is different versus you you go into like a position on the floor where you internal med or critical care, which are completely in their own different realms. And you, you work up a patient, then you go to rounds and you provide your interventions and rounds. And then after rounds, you look up your drug info questions for the team and, and provide whatever, whatever education is needed or anything like that to the team of the nurses there versus in the ER, there, there is no rounds there. There is no, Prep. There is, you just, you get your patient, your patient's there in front of your eyes, and then you have to act with the team, with the docs and nurses to provide the best care that you can. So I think that's one of the most fascinating parts that I I feel that trainees kind of come in looking for. And then there's not a lot, there's evidence for stuff in emergency medicine, but there's not a ton versus like something like cardiology or something like that, where every single trial has a name and and my cardiology friends can spit all the names of all the different trials. I'm like, da, 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 da. and I'm, and I'm just like, yeah, man, we, we, we had like 10 patients in one study. They, they got it and they did good, you know? So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> got it yeah.
0: So. yeah, It's nothing like a good cardiology study with 20,000 patients to right. yeah, it's single done. center observational study. <laughs> we definitely but, know what we're doing.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I think that's one of the, obviously the exciting, the, the, the traumas and the all that kind of stuff, the cardiac arrests that come in and, and trying to save those patients as best as we can. But it's just such a different world down in the ER that a lot of students and a lot of PGY-1s haven't experienced or seen before. So a lot of them, it kind of piques their interest right away. And, and I would say a good majority of them kind of scares them away at the same time as well.
0: Yeah, I've had a mixed bag. It. <clears throat> I mean, just being pharmacy itself, you know, students go into pharmacy for various reasons, but almost none of them are doing it to eventually go into the emergency department. Like, that's right, right. part of the, the plan that doesn't happen. Like,
1: yeah, myself, I, I, I found I myself
0: right. in PR when I was a student and then never left pretty much. And I don't know if you
1: were the same way. Yeah. Yeah. When I was going in a pharmacy school, I was like, I worked, I was a pharmacy. Clerk, not even like a technician yet, and I worked with my pharmacist, and I was like, "Dude, my my pharmacist goes on cruises like every other week. He, <laughs> he we count by fives, talk to a couple people, and go home. This, this is the this is the job. This is the dream right here." And when I did my my appies as a fourth year pharmacy student, I was lucky enough to go into emergency medicine, and that was my first rotation as a student, and I was just it just flipped my completely turned my world upside down. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like the pharmacist at the bedside, you know, talking directly with the nurses and the physicians about a plan about what we can do, doing discharge counseling on antibiotics, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, we can do what? This is amazing. This is great. So that's kind of like what piqued my interest for emergency medicine then. And then when I did my PGY1, we did, our staffing component was like in the ER as well to help cover the ER pharmacy services. And um, so that was just a whole different world in Brooklyn. And that was amazing, kind of just further cemented that I wanted to be an ER pharmacist. So you were at, was it Maimonides you were at? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good old MAMO, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was at LIU for a student. That's where one of my first ER rotations was. So that's a was an interesting emergency department
1: it what it wasn't like traumas or anything like that it was more like strokes and and sepsis and and some codes and stuff like that but definitely very interesting like id things we saw and and there was like a nursing home right like right down the road so the the patients would just come back and forth i feel from the er to the nursing home and back again and it, it was definitely a lot of fun and uh in that old jewish neighborhood there it was it was really cool man yeah was, i
0: mean that was probably one of the best cafeterias i had and also i learned i mean i learned a lot i didn't know hardly anything about that culture and then right i remember one friday i was trying to leave and the elevator stopped at every single floor <laughs> on the way down was, right
1: <laughs> what's going on at home i didn't realize it's a sabbath elevator right right yeah no um, man it, it, it was it was an awesome place to to learn and train and and just the, I think we had 60 languages spoken or something like that. So everything was in, you know, like Hebrew and then like Mandarin and then Russian and then Spanish. And then, and it was just so cool. It was such a neat place. So like you've gone
0: a long ways from, yeah, like from even, you know, pharmacy school and there and then residency, your free other jobs. And then you just did a talk with IDSA.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's big time. Yeah, man. No, that was, we were very fortunate to uh, we submitted our abstract and they accepted us for this emergency medicine antimicrobial stewardship uh, webinar that they were having. So we were very fortunate uh, enough to provide our experience and what we kind of do in the ER for our patients. So, so like, so. I want to know what your experience has been
0: so far with like the virtual kind of conference like that. So I've been able to do a few so far. Uh, I just did the talks meeting, uh, NACC awesome. which was, yeah. they did a fantastic job making that virtual, just did a, another local one. But like, how has your response been? So like you did a presentation, so how has been the audience response in either reaching out to you afterwards or during the presentation? Right,
1: it's been, um it's been a mixed bag because i feel like i feed off of the audience so much during a presentation so it was harder for me to to give those presentations initially and i've done a couple of them like i presented at our state society on just traumas and looking at like the unusual suspects of trauma so like what do we do when you get a pregnant patient an obese patient what we do for aquatic traumas those kinds of things that come in and then trying to like you know you have things embedded in your presentation that you know when you're live, it works, but when you're virtual, it's like anybody get that okay, well kind of do like is this zoom on that kind of thing yeah. <laughs> I've had to
0: do that I think uh, yeah, we did a journal club uh for like it was a webinar, it wasn't a conference for right. that uh a few few months back in April, and halfway through, I'm like, I don't know if anyone did I lose
1: connection <laughs> yeah i hope i don't Cause it, have to restart because i don't remember what i just said right right Cause it's hard with like you know trying to manage the chat box and you can't really see people in the audience if they're like you know what their faces are kind of saying for you to talk more about a topic or talk less about a topic for you before you move on so that that's been kind of a struggle for me i'd say presenting but besides that it's been it's been pretty good i also did a um a Zoom lecture for our ER farm not sorry, our ER just medicine residents, uh community acquired pneumonia. And that went pretty well, I felt. And we were more interactive on on the uh the chat as well after, and I can send them like screenshots of different things of our antibiograms and what the Florida Department of Health kind of says for certain bugs and that kind of thing. So that's cool, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The other thing with kind of technology and internet that you may be known for is Instagram, you have like three or four followers on Instagram, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, it, it's starting to bump up there, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely like what like there's so many different social media outlets for pharmacists now, like what right. do you think it is about Instagram that you, you know just
1: mixes with you the right way right i I don't know it's just. It's kind of an outlet just from all the craziness that we deal with in the ER that I can just turn certain concepts. Like my wife, like I'll, I'll tell my wife certain jokes and she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what do you mean? It's, it's it's hilarious. Like I was just laughing about with all the nurses in the ER. Isn't that funny? And she's like, no, it's no. not. <laughs> and um, I'm just able to just flip it into something that's, funny to me, maybe possibly educational. And it just seems that people like the funny stuff that I post sometimes. And that's yeah. all, that's all I really, I, I do all like those kind of memes and stuff. And it's meant, like every meme is meant for like a certain person and I'll look like, do they like it? i like, okay, it's a good one. They like it, it's a good one. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
0: Well, And you do like a lot of ret- like old school wrestling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, so,
1: I love. I like- it's something that I used to hold uh, near and dear to my heart when I was younger. I used to watch it all the time with my dad, and um, so just the the wrestling ones to me are just, if I can like make a meme out of that, it's just it's so funny to me. Yeah, and could just post it because I'm on the other end of it. I'm dying laughing posting this stuff, and then and that's all It Just makes me laugh, and then some. Some people find it funny and 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 enjoy it, which I'm very grateful for. So yeah, I'm it glad so I'm funny. able to like at least make some people laugh during the day with this job.
0: Man, that's that that I mean that is a huge kind of relief because you know, getting a few chuckles like here and there, especially to break up the day. And kind of going back to the trainees and residents and students, I do have to warn them at the beginning of the rotation is like we might have a little bit of dark humor in the ER or laugh at times that don't make a lot of sense, but it's part of our coping mechanism for all the other stuff that's going on. So it's not, I mean, we might be bad people, but uh, (laughs) it's not because we're, you know, directly trying to offend anyone. So it's just one of those things.
1: Right. No, I, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember one of the first um, in Boston, the, there's a famous Italian place called Giacomo's. That's real. it's amazing to eat at. It's so good. And one of the first codes I was in, like coming fresh out of, you know, the Ohio state, I'm in the, I'm in the big city now. I'm in the big ER now, you know, and uh, we had a cardiac arrest and uh, the patient had a business card from, from Giacomo's and the patient ended up expiring. So, you know, they're going through his uh, the patient stuff to try to find identification, they found the business card. And, like, and then we shifted the conversation from the patient to, oh, have you guys been to Giacomo's? It's so good. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard of it. It's my first, I'm, my, like literally my first week in Boston. And one of, one of the texts looks at me and goes, yeah, it's to die for. <laughs> I was just like, huh? Am I supposed to <laughs> laugh at this? <laughs> yeah. So <I> definitely <laughs> a lot of gallows and dark humor in, and that kind of thing in the ER, which is, but for me now is fun. But
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something to get used to. And yeah. I, I have to warn people, but man, hey i really appreciate talking to you and making the time for today. And I mean, it's been hard to not see everyone this year, especially with you know yeah, man. meetings for being sure. virtual. So I hope we can do this again. But before we go, I have a few questions that yeah, I need yeah. to know from everyone that I talk to. So do you drink sure. coffee or like Red Bull or oh, like coffee. energy drinks?
1: Coffee all day. Coffee we, all day. We have a Starbucks on campus and it's changed my life. <laughs> yeah we're always get. i'm always like asking the the residents like do you guys want coffee now let's go get coffee come on let's go, just go get coffee so How, back- man i have to drag some people
0: out of the department to go get coffee sometimes one of my yeah. mentors back at rutgers like joe kenny he was the er pharmacist there. He's, uh I, th- I think he still might be there but uh every day at two o'clock it was coffee time yeah so have to we'd be walking out of a code like bloody trauma just throw everything off and then go straight to the cafeteria and get coffee like you didn't even have to say it sometimes but right the new residents coming in every year they'd be like are we are we allowed are we allowed to go it's like yeah you ha- this is required you must right. absolutely <laughs> i remember right, man. man it's been a pleasure talking to you we got to do this again uh, yeah for sure Thanks again, and make sure to follow Ruben at the People's Ruben on Instagram because he needs more followers.
1: Right. Well, I'm I'm the ED Traumacist. Oh, the a- oh, I had the wrong hat. I had the wrong tag. The ED Traumacist. Yeah. My Twitter was the People's Ruben, and I I obviously made that when I was a lot lot younger and just <laughs> never updated it. <laughs> it for, still works for, for pharmacy, uh, <laughs> professional pharmacy stuff. I it of works. It, ah, we'll we'll use it. We'll go with it. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks again for chatting.
0: And yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, man, for sure.